You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. So welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and joining me today is Julie Hollis-Terrell, the director of the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Thanks for joining me. You are welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Good to be somewhere, right? Um, somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's great to see you. Um, glad to hear you're, you're in good spirits, um, considering everything that we're, we're facing right now and in a COVID world. But, um, you know, tourism is such a big part of, of Cache Valley um, and, and who we are. And, and there's so much that comes from tourism. Um, we would want to talk to you during a normal year to, to hear all the great things that are happening. But it's, you know, I, I thought it would be great if we caught up with you just to learn about, you know, I imagine there's still some tourism happening. There's, there's still opportunity for people to come visit the Valley. Um, but there's also some challenges. So I thought it would be interesting to just catch up and, and learn a little bit about what's going on in your world right now. But first of all, how are you holding up? How are you doing um, during all of this? You know, um, as everyone is experiencing, it's something that's brand new for all of us and figuring out how to kind of navigate new waters of inconsistency and lack of understanding or lack of, I mean, it's impossible to have foresight in, a, in some senses because we just don't know what's hiding around the corner. So I don't know, for me personally, it's just been challenging. I'm so much a people person that having to keep distance from people is just, it's, and having also the other thing for me, I love the performing arts and having all of those seasons canceled here, not only here, but everywhere is just, it's painful for me, but we still live in a beautiful valley and I'm grateful to be surrounded by good people who are friendly wherever you go and have beautiful scenery and get out and about outside at least, even when other things are a little more difficult to experience right now. Right. It, well, I'm glad that you mentioned the arts, um, such a big part of this community. Uh, in a previous episode, if people want to listen to that, um, Wendy Hassan, we, we had her on talking all about the arts and the big changes that, that they've had to go through and, and, and how, at, you know, at the time of this recording, they're, they're kind of getting going again, uh, albeit in a different way, um, you know, with, with some of their, their new programming that they're putting on. And I imagine you're, you're a part of that and involved in, in that process of getting the arts back up and going, um, but doing it safely. So I, I, I'm sure that's got to be an interesting, you know, such an interesting line, uh, you know, to toe. And um, I, I can't imagine, you know, what that's like to, to go through some of that, but, but you and Wendy work very closely, I imagine all year long. We do. We do. And I don't know if at the time of, uh, that you interviewed her, if they had started the random acts. Series they they were just about to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, I, I, um, I was so frustrated about the tabernacle series being canceled and all the opera and, and lyric. And I, I went to Wendy and I just said, Hey, do you think there's anything we could do? Could we do concerts at the Eccles? Could we? And so she latched onto that and has really, you know, taken it to great levels. And now we're having a few, you know, not as many as we'd love, but we've got some, 
local performers who are doing performances there and musical theater groups and everything from a magician to cowboy music to even the zoo is going to come and show off some of their animals and talk about what it's like to work at the zoo and and you know it's with um affordable very affordable prices the most expensive ticket is ten dollars um and some of the others like the zoo one is six bucks and it's just um with the social distancing and everything it's wild but you know that theater seats 1100 people but they are only going to allow a hundred small groups to come so you know at and previously in the few shows that they've already had the highest attendance has been about 45 people so i mean you might not even have 100 people in a theater that holds a thousand so being able to spread apart hasn't been a problem and and the Eccles theater has been very generous in that they have not um, charged the artists to perform there Mm -hmm. and then they are splitting the proceeds of the evening with the artists which is pretty unheard of in a you know in an environment like this so I'm just, I'm really pleased with that to give people in the Valley who are missing the arts an opportunity to participate and also give some of the artists themselves, you know, the, the opportunity to still be performing because a lot of them have just literally lost their jobs. Right. You know? Well, yeah. and to be able to have that cost sharing, that's so significant, right? Um, to, to be able to, to provide that, that that's huge. Um, and, and for some of them, is it kind of their, for some of them, they, they're, they're more experienced artists or performers for others is it kind of their first time being able to perform on the big stage like that is it kind of a great opportunity to prepare you know new artists or give new artists an opportunity I do think that some of them are definitely new artists who've been like I've never been on somewhere as big and as awesome as the stage of the Eccles Um, and so this is new for them but others are kind of old hats at it Mm -hmm. not old hats but like cash theater company you know they perform there and so there's Music Theater West, and they're kind of doing some musical reviews there. But I do think it's kind of a mix of both. And hopefully, I mean, even more artists are, are welcome to just call and that you just like basically decide your day and time and they will book you to perform there. So mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. So if anybody out there, you know, is a secretly a kazoo superstar, then, you know, just call. We'd love that's to. What, that's what you. we need. We, we got to find who that kazoo superstar is. <laughs> um you know, I, I think the adapting is really interesting. Wendy and I talked a little bit about that as well. Um, you know, the, the makeshift drive-in movie theater on the back of the Eccles. Um, I, I, I think those are things that, you know, when we get out of this and, and move forward and it's safe to, to gather again, I hope some of those things stick, right? It's like, it's about time that Cash Valley had a, a drive-in movie theater setup, right? I, I, I don't know if we've had that before. So I, I think there's, there's some interesting outcomes from all of this. There, there it is again, right? That word interesting. Um, <laughs> I agree. But um, I, I hope that through, you know, having to adapt a little bit, maybe we find some, some new unique opportunities to engage with the arts and, and, uh, and recreation. And, but in either case, I, I'm curious if we can roll back the, the clock a little bit um, I, I don't actually know myself kind of the background of the visitors bureau. Mm. Um, and I'm sure it's got a long history. Um, but do you mind sharing a little bit about kind of the origins of the visitors bureau? Do, do you happen to know some of that, that history or how long has there been a conscious effort to bring, bring people to the Valley from a tourism perspective? 
You know, I actually don't know the answer to that question, um, but I do know that when it started originally, and I don't know how many years ago this was, that uh, the, the person who was had my position um, at that time was also in charge of tourism at um, over in Bear Lake. And so they did both counties together. Right now, and the way that I think it has always functioned is that my office is under the auspices of Cache County. So we're kind of under that umbrella as a government office. I'm not... You know, some other visitors bureaus are um, also convention bureaus and they are independent businesses. Mm -hmm. And so we're not that way. But I would say probably, I don't know, maybe 25 years that they've been 20 or 25 years. And then there was some sort of like, I think Bear Lake finally got big enough on its own that they decided they wanted to have their own person. So they divided. And I've been in my job, um, gosh, 14, 14 years, I think. Wow. And um, it was already separated before I got here. And so uh, we've obviously been, I've obviously been making efforts ever since then. And we've, I think we've seen some great progress and I'm, I'm happy with the way things are going. I was happier with the way things were going a few months ago, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, um, we're on a good trajectory and uh, I don't think I've always done a very good job of telling the story of tourism in Cache Valley and what an incredible positive economic impact tourists bring to our community. Um, and, and so that's kind of my, one of my downfalls because I don't, like I said, I don't think people in our community necessarily realize that we bring in so much tourism in the state of Utah that tourism, taxes that are paid by tourists save local residents, local households, nearly a th about $1,000 a year in taxes wow. that are paid by the tourists. And that's, those are statistics that have come from University of Utah research. I'm not just making that up. So um, it is a big, big deal. And you know, people have seen with the hotels that we have here and everything. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars that people spend here, even just to stay in hotels. But then you add on the fact that they're eating in our restaurants and they're buying a pack of gum at the gas station and they're buying gas and they're going grocery shopping and they're seeing shows and they're going to Aggie games and whatever else. I mean, they're spending money everywhere they go and then they leave. So it's, it's great. People ask me what my job is. Um, sometimes and I will say my job is to get people to come here on vacation and spend all their money and get out <laughs> so that's what I that's what I encourage people to do in a very nice way right no and we love that you do that and I'm sure a lot of people would echo that sentiment right because there's there's a lot of that that sentiment here in Cash Valley is like we we like what we have we don't want the secret to get out but we also want the secret to get out just enough that people come but then go away right yeah. and and it is because of the benefits that that come from that do you, do you mind sharing a little bit more you know maybe how the, the taxes work exactly and like where does some of that tax revenue where is that generated from um you know how does some of that work i was actually having a conversation with someone about that right now or pretty recently about you know the is it the transient room tax right yes, and how that right. works you know i've studied that so um how, how does some of that work you know you you mentioned uh, you know this the cost savings to a resident you know how can you break some of that down sure i'm happy to um so the state charges a 3% transient room tax um, on every stay in a hotel, motel, like VRBO, any uh, campground, any of those kinds of things. Um, and the county has, well, so 
I said the state, but so everywhere is a 3%. And then other, the county has the option to um, increase that uh, up to a one and a quarter percent. So a couple of years ago, when the county decided that they wanted to build the county, the, the new event center, they decided what they would do is raise the transient room tax and take that one and a quarter percent and build the event center or bond against it for the next 15 years. So um, the event center is being paid by tourists, not anyone in the county. So that's one really obvious benefit that you can see. Um, so what happens is anybody who stays longer than, no, shorter than 30 days is considered transient. So the transient room tax, that's why it's called that. And um, that's collected on either monthly or or quarterly basis and then that amount is returned to us in the county and that's the money that funds my office. Everything from printing our brochures and advertising to payroll and, and everything else. We also get some grants um, that we apply for and some of those come through the state. Um, we do apply for and receive usually restaurant or wraps tax. This year we didn't um, and that's okay. But those are the sources of our income. Mm. And then, so the way, you know, when we, we garner enough tax revenue throughout the state and the county, um, things like the, you know, the wraps tax and the restaurant tax are two separate things, but um, the county charges one-tenth of 1% 1 of a sales tax on everything that goes to the wraps tax, which is um, recreation, arts, parks, and zoos is what it stands for. And then the restaurant tax is um, a 1% tax on prepared food. And so that can be used for a broader use of things like um, baseball diamonds, or I mean, they have different things that you can use them for. But every year, you know, the county receives you know, a close, a couple million dollars in those, those teeny tiny taxes. But, um, you know, quite a, I won't say quite a bit of it because obviously the residents are paying a lot of it, but the tourists contribute to that. And then we, it turned, we're turning, it gets turned around and different organizations apply for those funds. And so we're funding everything from, like I mentioned, maybe a baseball diamond to, um, an arts production to you name it, the gamut, you know, there's a ton of things. And so those are some other benefits that people might not necessarily put together with tourism, but you also think about all the jobs that are touched by tourism. So all the people who are employees at hotels, all um, the people who are at restaurants and all the other things that I named, arts events and the American West Heritage Center and medical care and up the university. And I mean, there are a lot of jobs that can also be attributed, at least in part to the tourism industry. Right. No, I love that. Um, do, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned the story of Cache Valley. What, what are some of the key things that you talk about? You know, this, this is your element right here. Um, you know, what, what are, if you could boil Cache Valley down into, into, you know, a, you know, a few points, what, what do you typically promote? Well, you know, um, I, in my mind, I just always have this comparison, and I don't know if you've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but one of the things that ever stuck out to me from that book is that his dad went to the toothpaste factory every day, and what he did was the same thing every day, and that was he just screwed the lids on the toothpaste every day, all day long. And I think about that as in, if Cash only only had one thing that we were good at, it would be so easy to market that one thing. But the challenge is, is that we have lots of things that are are good to be able to market and then to put your arms around that and try to boil down the message 
and figure out who the right audience is with a limited budget is very challenging. But I have kind of um, organized my marketing efforts and on three things. Um, so first of all is outdoors, because as you know, as a resident here, our access to the national forest and to outdoor resources is unparalleled. I mean, from my office in the historic courthouse downtown, I could literally be on the in the national forest in like six minutes. And you know, other places you want to go camping, you want to go for a picnic, and you have to drive an hour and a half to get anywhere, and and that's a minimum. So we have that because and and so we have year-round great recreation. You know, we have some of the best rock climbing in the nation. We've got the longest running ski resort in the nation with Beaver Mountain up Logan Canyon. We've got, you know, 237 miles of trails. We've got, that's just Logan Canyon, but in, you know, wildflowers and we've got, uh, we're on a migration route for birds. And so we have over 300 species here that pass through this area. So birders want to come here. I mean, it's just, it's pretty, and we have great fishing, you name it. We've We've got that as far as outdoors go. So there are those different components that I can market. I'll best some of the top 10 snowmobiling in the nation here. So we've got all of those outdoors opportunities. So that's kind of one component. The second one is the, the arts, um, whether that's performing arts or our you know, artists and um, like gallery walk and that kind of thing. I have branded Logan as Utah's heart of the arts, especially during the summer, because in a six week or five week period between Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater, the Tabernacle um, Noon Music Concert Series and the Lyric, they'll have over 200 events in downtown Logan, like in five weeks or less. It's absurd. Wow. You can go and it's affordable and, you know, they're world-class. Utah Festival brings in artists from Broadway and from the Met and, um, you know, opera houses and performing arts facilities all over the world. And they come here, the artists do, and they live here in student housing, you know, for a couple of months and they perform. And so here we are in Logan, Utah, hearing literally world-class artists and seeing those performances and that type of thing. And we have great performances and performing arts all year round as well. It's not just the summertime. And um, our, our local theater companies, um, and, and we have at least three, uh, their quality of productions that they put on here are as good as some touring productions that other communities get that tour around the nation, honestly. So the arts is another component. And the last one is our heritage. So we've got, as you know, the American West Heritage Center, south of town, about six miles from Logan. You know, they're an outdoor living history center and they honor life from um, 1820 to 1920. You can go out there and have an interactive experience with pioneers, with mountain men, with turn of the century farmers, and you can milk the cow. And, and I feel sad for the cow that I tried to milk. She's probably still upset about it. But anyway, you can have those kind of experiences and they have a little herd of bison out there. And, you know, they, they just do a great job. But in addition to that, we've got, you know, historical places in every single community. And we also have part of our heritage is our agricultural heritage. And um, we've developed what we call our self-guided foodie trek and signature products tour. And that's something that's pretty hot all the time because who doesn't want to eat? But we have more than 20 businesses here in Cache Valley who make their products or grow them here and send them out all over the country. And so we have this list of places that people can go and have samples or just check it out and that's everything from bluebird chocolates to cafe ibis coffee which is world renowned to pepperidge farms to ice cream and cheese and honey and it's just it's really cool for people to get to drive around our valley and 
you know, it's different. We, we take for granted the fact that we live in this beauty and also the agri agricultural component of it is just shocking to some people. I mean, I've literally had a woman come into my office and was thrilled to pieces because she had seen cows. Like she's, she's from um, St. Louis and the only place she'd ever seen a cow before was at the zoo. And so it's just like, you know, we, the things that are commonplace for us here, including the beautiful mountains and everything else, um, are not commonplace to our visitors. And they love it. And they love the people here. Everyone's so friendly. And that's one of the most common comments we get, which is cool. So anyway, that was a really long answer to your question. But so I would say then the three things that we really base our promotion on, outdoors, the arts, and then heritage. I can see how yeah. your job would be hard and easy at the same time, right? It's like, it's an easy place to sell, but it's, it's hard to package all of that in, into, into, you know, something really concise, even though you just did right there at the end. But um, <laughs> I can see why that would be a challenge, right? There, there is a lot to love um, and a lot to talk about. And, and like you said, a lot to talk about year round, which I think is, is, is really great. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we do have a colder winter and sometimes people, um, you know, don't recognize all, all, all the wonderful things that are happening year round, right? And, and just think about the other three seasons. But so I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, you know, I, you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, having a, a, a diverse um, offering of, of opportunities um, when you're selling Cash Valley. And, and I, I can't think of, you know, any time that would be more important than right now. Um, you know, some communities are live and die by, by um, tourism alone or live and die by like a, a certain type of industry that exists in that community or, um, you know, by no fault of anyone, you know, you, you put all your eggs in one basket and that, that, that can be really dangerous, um, you know, especially if something's so big, like a, a, a pandemic happens, right? And, and clearly we've all been impacted by, by this pandemic and, um, but, but I imagine, you know, as you're selling Cash Valley, as you're having conversations with people about opportunities to come and, and do things here in the Valley, especially during this time, it's nice to be able to lean on different, different things, right? And lean on different, um, our, our different strong points, um, you know? So if, if the arts aren't operating at, at full capacity right now, well, you always have the National Forest, Right. You mm -hmm. always have outdoor recreation. And, and if there is an opportunity to, to recreate, you know, you, you've got the arts and, and, and vice versa. How, how do you feel about that? Is that something that you've seen as as being really important, especially right now? You know, I appreciate your perspective on that and, and reminding me, actually, that we have more than one thing that we can depend on um, in our offerings. It has been remarkable to see how many people have just gravitated to the great outdoors. People who were couch potatoes before and kids who only played on their phones, they cannot wait to get to the canyon. They cannot wait to get, you know, to the river or a lake or a reservoir. And in fact, I was talking to the um, district ranger for the Wasatch Cache, you went to Wasatch Cache National Forest just last weekend. And um, she said to me, she's like, Julie, she said, every weekend is like a holiday weekend used to be. And if you go up the canyon, you'll notice, I mean, there are cars parked to the side everywhere, people hiking or whatever. So it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. One of the things that I'm trying to do is encourage people to explore other places in Cache Valley and not just Logan Canyon. So we're getting people to sort of disperse a little bit into some of the other lesser known areas to sort of spread that out. 
Um, but, you know, and, and so that's the number one draw that I've seen for people. But, you know, they're like coming in, what can we do? And so we're sending them on. We, for example, we have a brochure that's about um, a driving tour of Cache Valley and it's a historic driving tour. And it has information about every little community in Cache Valley. And um, it also lists all of the historical spots in each community. And so it's been fun for people to just go out in their cars and explore. And like, I mean, there are plenty of people who've never been to Cornish or have never been to Trenton or have never been to Avon, you know? So to get them out and just seeing the beauty of the valley, I think has been refreshing for them. Uh, like you said, our arts has been pretty non-existent. So that's been tough. The Heritage Center has had some remarkable success with some of their events out there. They were able to do their, their baby animal day normally draws about 30,000 people over the course of four days. Um, and that's in April and everyone gets to come and pet all the baby animals and they bring in baby bears from Bear World up in Rexburg. You can't pet those, but they come and um, this year that happened, obviously the timing of the first weekend in April was awful. And within a week's time, they were so nimble. They um, changed around the format and made it a drive-through baby animal day. So you went through in your car and the people were there and holding the animals so you could see them. Um, and then they were able to get a couple weeks later, they were able to work with the health department and find a way to do social distancing so they could have the hands-on baby animal days again. So they didn't quite have the 30,000 people there, but they got about half that, which, wow. you know, for that time is remarkable. And then they just barely, um, for the 24th of July, they always have their Pioneer Day celebration. And in conjunction with it, for the last several years, they've had a Mountain Man Rendezvous. And so people can see both. And um, it was interesting because now we're talking about the month of July, several months later, you know, people are going stir crazy and are more... Um, I think willing to get out and do things. And they normally only have about, well, I say only, but they have about 500 people who attend that event. And this, this year it was a thousand. So they were pleasantly surprised by that because, but people are just like, hey, it's outdoors. I can do something. And, and so they're getting, you know, they were getting some, you know, more support than they have anticipated. So that's, you know, that's exciting. And I think indicative of people, you know, gradually trying to do and experience some things. So those are some ideas and some things that I've seen that have been popular. I, I'm curious from your perspective and, and with the Mountain Man Rendezvous as an example, right? Gr growing from 500 to 1,000. Um, do you see, I, I, I imagine you probably haven't had enough time to gather information on where people are coming from and how many people are coming from outside versus, you know, people who are in the Valley. But um when it comes to tourism, we probably, we probably typically think of people coming from outside, but I imagine people are leaning on you and your office to find out other things to do in the community. Are you seeing an increase in people from the community who are looking at you to say, what can I do? Like what's safe to do here in the community? And, and do you see that as one of those, something that drove, you know, more interest in the mountain man rendezvous, for example, is that more people from inside the Valley looking around and saying, Oh, there's, there's actually things that I can do here. I, you know, <laughs> I can't get on a flight and go to my vacation that I was going to take. Like I'm going to do a staycation, but I need yeah, to know, know like, what are the opportunities nearby? Is, is that, is that accurate? Is, is that something yes. that you're seeing? We are definitely seeing that. And the national research um, has told us, 
already, and we have seen that verified, is that most people are saying that they feel comfortable doing a trip in their own vehicle within about four to five hours of their home. So we're seeing people from, a lot of people from Salt Lake who are just wanting to have it get away. You know, and it's interesting because our biggest market has always been the Wasatch Front. And for some reason, people who live in Salt Lake think it takes like three hours to get here. <laughs> and um, so it's been, it's always been an educational process for me to help them to know that, you know, it's, you can get away without going far away and it's, it's close, but it's far enough away. And, and now people are taking that upon themselves and are coming. And we also are seeing uh, people, locals who, for example, I'll tell you this, the Anniversary Inn, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that property, but they have three theme rooms that are very interesting. So you can go to the Biker's Roadhouse and they have like a pinball machine in the room and like the, the bed is, um, looks like the back of a truck and they have a motorcycle. I mean, it's just, so, and they've got Nefertiti's Palace, all these things that are just really unique. And um, they are busier than they have ever been. And the reason is, is because they've had such an influx of locals who I think are just like, we gotta get away for a night. And they don't wanna go too far away because they've got, maybe they have kids or whatever, but they can go away for the night. And so they're going to an interesting place like that to stay over. So um, we're definitely seeing more locals true locals and then uh, and it's funny because since we call ourselves the visitors bureau i think locals don't think to themselves oh i should go there and get info because they just think it's for tourists right we have brochures on everything that's going on around here and we also have brochures about surrounding areas so if people want to plan a trip to go to anywhere from salt lake to yellowstone or southern utah we've got that information as well and um I'm just going to kick out there. Our website is Explore Logan because that's obviously what we want people to do. So it's explorelogan.com and we've got a calendar of events on there and downloadable brochures and all sorts of information. So if you're not comfortable coming into the office, you're welcome to, anybody's welcome to obviously log on and um, check out info from there. Right. Well, I, I'd love to hear if you have some other examples of, of events, organizations that have adapted. I'd, I'd love, you know, listeners to hear some of those. I, you know, we, we talked with, um, with Troy Oldham from the cash grant oh, yeah. recently, and, and they were one of the only bike races to, to happen this year, at least so far, right. That they were aware of, they were told you're, you're one of the only bike races that's, that's happened. Um, and, you know, they're still waiting to see like the result of that to see if, you know, they're being very cautious and they want to, they took all the precautions that they, they felt like they could. And, um, but they're still waiting to find out, you know, if there's any cases that, that have come from it. Um, and they're going to be really careful about that. But, um, you know, the amount of precautions that they took was really impressive. Um, I, are there some other examples of, of organizations or events that you've seen that have been able to adapt and, and still function and, and, and do it safely? Yes, um, you know, this just this last weekend, we had the um, it's a it was it's called the Bash in Cash. It's a softball tournament that's held every year, and it's for girls baseball. I said baseball. It's softball. I recognize that's different. Sorry, everyone. Um, and this year they had ninety three teams come to Logan for this tournament. They use every ball field um, in the entire 
County that can be used for softball. Um, they're here for the tournament was originally slated for only for two days for a Friday and Saturday. They had so many teams that wanted to come. They opened up Thursday afternoon and evening and brought in teams from Northern Utah just to play on Thursday to get them out of the way for some of the others. But they had teams that came from seven states. They filled every hotel room. They ate in our restaurants. It was glorious. <laughs> and if you were out, if you tried to be out on that weekend, you would have seen like girls everywhere in their like professional looking uniforms and everything um, but they had to you know be careful and I think social distancing when you're in the finals is probably a little bit tough on the bleachers but for the most part you saw people being respectful and you know social distancing as they should but you know if there's if there were only 10 players on each team let's say there's a dozen dozen players plus their parents and their fan clubs and their um, coaches you know, for 93 teams, think how many people that brings to our Valley. Wow. And so, and they were able to do that and do it so successfully. Um, they're going to be, a, there's going to be a, a baseball tournament that's going to be here in September and they'll be doing the same things. Um, the same thing. We've got the cash arts, you know, that's going on. I just read about um, the Nora Eccles Harrison museum of art. They're kind of doing um, coming up this weekend. Uh, it, they're doing sidewalk chalk art anybody can go and participate and they're spacing you apart by squares in the sidewalk so you're socially distanced but then they're going to have sort of a gallery walk of all the sidewalk chalk art so there are some interesting things and, and this is the week um the, the fair the county fair just opened today i don't think the fair part is going to have any problem with social distancing um they are holding the rodeo as well and but i think that's going to be a challenge to do social distancing on the rodeo part but um, anyway, so those are, those are a few things that have, that are going on. I know the, you know, the Logan marathon is still slated to continue. That's going to, that hasn't been canceled. And we've got some other events in the fall, the Latoja bicycle ride that goes all the way from here to Jackson. You know, there are some things like that, that are, we're still looking forward to, um, trying to think those are kind of the main, the main ones I have in my head right now, as far as those type of events and stuff. I'm glad you shared some of those that, that I wasn't aware of. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware of some of the events like, you know, Latoja or, or Cash Grand Fondo or the marathon or um, it's interesting, the common thread between those or the Cash Bash, those are all homegrown events, right? And, yeah. You know, I, it was really unfortunate that, that you know, the, the tour of Utah, you know, we were, you know, we, we've hosted that in the past. That, that hasn't been able to be hosted anywhere in, in the state. Um, you know, there's some of these larger events that come to town. Um, the, the small sat, um, conference yes. is another big, big draw. I know that that's a big, big time for you. Um, and, and we, we just talked to with, with Marianne from, from small sat as well recently. Um, yes, um, like the economic impact of that one is mind boggling. Yeah. It's, it's so significant, but the common thread that I think is really interesting and encouraging as, as we move forward and, and, and again, doing so safely is so many of these, these events that draw tourists in are, are homegrown. We're not relying mm -hmm. necessarily on, on the tour of Utah to bring people here. We'd we love that they do. And please come back tour of Utah <laughs> someday. Um, we, we had a pretty good, um, every other year rotation, which is great with that. Um, but uh, you know that's the common thread that I, I see is is really beautiful is uh, people in the community creating events and and things that do draw people in from all over, you know in some cases the world right the the Bear One Hundred the Ultra Marathon that's yeah. going to be happening in September right, 
you get people from all over the world who come run this race, um, you know, with a bunch of crazy people through the, through the Canyon, right? They are crazy. So for anyone who doesn't know, that is 100, a 100 mile race that people you do as an individual in like a 24 hour period. Insane. Yeah. yeah from Insane. Logan, Logan to, to Bear Lake to garden city. Right. Oh, um, you know, and it, it draws people from all over the world. Um, and they come and they stay a couple days and they stay a couple days after they run the race. Cause you got to get that recovery time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. after running something like that. But, um, I, I just think that's, that's really interesting and impactful is, is so much of tourism is driven by people, your neighbor, right. The person yeah. who lives next door, who lives in this community, who, who builds something that, that draws people in. You know, a really good example of that is the Cache Valley Cruise-In. This has become, you know, they're in their 30-umpteenth year. Uh, and they do bring people from all over the country um, and from Canada. And they have thousands of people who come through. And you know what it is? It's a local car club. These are just like normal people who are, well, they're normal except for they're obsessed with their cars, and which is fine. Um, and, and, but they don't have experience in event planning or marketing or whatever, specifically like an, you know, an organization, a formal organization would, but they decided years ago that they wanted to do a car show. And now they're one of the most well-known and prestigious in the Western United States. And it's just this ragtag group of people who thought that would be a great idea. They don't get paid to do it. They don't, they don't even get paid to do it. And, and here they go to the trouble of hosting these huge events and um, picking up the garbage afterward and every little bit. And you're, you're right. It's really neat. There are lots of events. I think people maybe aren't aware that it is just on the, you know, on the shoulders of local people. Summerfest arts fair is another example of that. We have plenty of them, but it is pretty cool because you know, I haven't really thought of it that way till you mentioned it, but just to kind of see the fabric of the community in their willingness to sacrifice their time and do all these things that are just are beneficial for the residents and everyone else. It's pretty cool. Right. Well, you know, with, with this being such a strange year and, um, you know, really, really disappointing and sad, you know, especially for those who are, are directly impacted and getting sick and, and, and the economic impacts in addition to that, um, you know, I, I've got to dig down and try to find some optimism. Um, I, I'd be curious from your perspective, like what are you seeing? What are you feeling about the future of, of tourism in Cache Valley? You know, obviously you've seen some successes um, mm-hmm. in the midst of everything going on. Where, where do you see us moving forward from here? Um, you know, I just, I'm always, I'm a natural born optimist. So um, even this has been a challenge for me. <laughs> and, um, but I do, when I look at tourism and I, I look at, you know, I think the dynamics are going to change in the sense that our audience is different and we've adjusted our marketing and that type of thing to, you know, to, to acclimate a little more to a more regional um, audience who's going to be more um, open to coming to Cash Valley. And that's more that drive market I was talking to you about. Uh, I have worked in the last few years really hard to get bus tours coming through here. And a lot of the bus to stop here, basically, because they're on their way to Jackson and Yellowstone. But it's been it's tough to get them to stop here. But I've really made some inroads. And some of those have been in international markets like Canada and Germany and China. And, you know, we have not seen a single international visitor this whole summer in in the visitors bureau right. so and my friend um lance Syrette, he owns 
everything down at Bryce Canyon, Bryce Canyon City, like Ruby's Inn, Ruby's Lodge, all of those things. And the the international market is his market. Right. And in March or April, I think it was April, he said that he had lost 98% of his business, wow. just gone. And so um, interestingly, though, the national parks are filling up. And who are they filling up with? Yeah. Utahns, like locals. And so we're having to change that a little bit. But, you know, we've still got beautiful scenery here. We've got beautiful outdoor recreation opportunities. The arts are going to come back. It's going to come back. And I think that we're poised in a good way to um, embrace that. And one of the things that is interesting, I was talking to some of my counterparts at the state just yesterday, and a lot of the surrounding states um, have had their state budgets just slashed for tourism. But our state recognizes the impact and is able to support it and has not um, cut the budgets for the state. And that's important because when I'm doing the, this international work, um, I am right with them as partners. I would never do it on my own. And so they're kind of excited and you feel bad saying that because it's at the expense of others, but the surrounding states don't have the kind of money that Utah is going to have to advertise. And so they anticipate that we'll be able to take a larger market share than the other states who have, you know, won't have the budgets to advertise. So this is really a time which is, it's going to turn itself into a, um, maybe an an advantage for us. And so I'm looking forward to participating with them. I was on the phone call yesterday with our um, representatives in Australia, New Zealand, um, in Canada, mm -hmm. and then also in Germany. And they're, they already have strategized what the campaigns are going to be for the coming year and how much it costs for us to, to participate in those. And so I'm, I'm planning on doing that as much as uh, my budget will allow. And so I guess I'm just looking forward to getting people back here and um, one of the most fulfilling parts of my job is seeing how much people love being here and seeing glimpses of Cache Valley through their eyes because their perspective is so new and fresh. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to all of that, Chase. Well, I, I, I share your optimism. We'll, we'll get to that point at, at you know, someday. Um, and it's through people like you and, and uh, you know, the others that we mentioned, right. Who are building these events. It's, it's the restaurant people. It, it's, it's the people who are working in the arts who are finding ways to adapt to to continue to to provide you know a reason to to come here and to come and visit and come and come and see what we've got. Um, so I you know I don't want to take much more of your time, but I appreciate you just sharing a little bit about um, what you're working on and and I share your optimism. So we'll Good. we'll get we'll get back to that that point someday. In the meantime, uh, if people want to stay in touch with you, you you mentioned it before, but how's the best way to to reach you? Um, you know, come on down to the Visitors Bureau. We're in the historic courthouse, which is, you know, a, a, a treasure in itself. One of the things you could do if you're local, um, or even if you're not, we have a walking tour of historic downtown Logan, and um, self-guided, but you could come down to our office. We'll give you, we'll load you up with all sorts of ideas of things to do, and then you can start on a little walking tour from there and see some of our cool um, heritage and architecture and fun stories from the past all along all along Main Street. Um, so come and see us there. We're there Monday through Friday from eight until five. Or please log on to our website. It's such a great resource, which is explorelogan.com. We also have um, a gift shop there, and we have anything Logan you can ever hope to have. And because it doesn't exist anywhere else, we've created it. But for local especially um, we've got great books and resources about hiking trails and we've got maps as well and we've got um, pocket guides for identifying birds and flowers and of course a fantastic book called 117 amazing things to do in Logan and Cache Valley Utah 
that I wrote. So if you're looking for 117 amazing things to do, come on down and get a copy for all of $13.88. It will keep you occupied all year long. You wrote but, um, the book on it, literally. You what? You wrote yes, the book on what to do in Logan, literally. Yes, I did. It's, it, it's great. And we'd be happy to help you in any way that we could to help you get out and just experience and love being in Cache Valley and all the great things that we have here. Well, great. Julie, thanks again for taking time. It's, it's always good to see you and uh, appreciate everything you do. Uh, thank you, Chase. You too. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. For more conversations, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found.